You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up the king's coast coffee.com welcome to episode 39 of the old-fashioned podcast my voice might cut in and out today because i am getting over uh, a cold uh and clinton's i apparently have fluid in my chest so that's exciting how's that feel i keep wheezing and I haven't wheezed since I was a teenager, so they gave me one of these. I was talking. Oh, little inhaler yeah. action. Yeah, I worked out for a half an hour today, and I was completely out of breath on the floor. And I was like, I was just hitting like max out on reps too, and doing really well. And just it's like a car going off the side of a road on a mountain. That's starting <laughs> for again. That's My wife's friend. like. She's like, you'll be fine. It'll only be like another t- like 10 days or so. And I'm like, no, it's going to undo everything I've been doing for the past month. Right. Um, so, yeah, fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a wonderful mood. No, I'm kidding. I'm in a good mood. Uh, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I, uh, it's weird. Last week was like, I was like really on a really high note. And I was like just, you know, posting tweets and videos. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm doing great, guys. Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having you know, awesome thing. And then that weekend came and weekend was jam packed. And then I Monday, I don't know. I woke up in a weird, like I felt different. I felt weird. I was like, maybe I had too much weekend. I don't know. Definitely had a lot of tequila, but I was like, I got on stream and, and we did like a couple hours of just chatting, kind of catch up on the weekend. What's going on? This and that. And I switched over to, uh, to Tarkov and about an hour in, I was just like, I'm not feeling this. I think I'm just going to end stream early guys. Like I, something was off and I, I, I equated it to, I, I had a case of the Mondays. First time I've had the case of the Mondays in forever where I just didn't yep. feel like doing anything. I went for a walk, came back, took a shower, hit the couch. I think I watched a couple of YouTube videos, maybe like an episode of a show or something. I don't know. And then my wife came home and made dinner, but it was just like, I was just off that day. I think content creators who are like above the five year mark, which you are way above. Uh, are just starting to f- not not fizzle out in the way that your career is fizzling out, but fizzle out like mentally. Like, oh, yeah. I can't keep I definitely... pace like I was. Okay, so funny, funny you mentioned that. Uh, just cause, only because it's relevant to what we're talking about, like, literally right now. Uh, an, an old friend of mine, longtime vlogger. In fact, he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most consecutive vlogs. Mm-hmm. He just posted a couple of videos. I, I, I kind of been in this transition of kind of, I started vlogging more over the last couple of months. And then with everything kind of going on with Twitch right now and, and uh, my contract ending and some other things happening, I'm kind of like a little more, I can breathe a little bit more. I'm kind of thinking about other things and I'm, I'm kind of swinging back into the, my, my, my comfort zone of vlogging. Well, anyway, I, I, I went to YouTube. I was looking at some videos for one thing, but of course I see videos in my sub feed and, and recommendations. And so I, I see a couple of his vlogs and, um, two specifically, one about a rant, um, something he needed to get off his chest, whatever, what he'd been feeling. And another one where it was like a dose of reality, raw, uncut, needed to hear this. Long story short, he's been, again, he's been doing this. He's one of the OGs. He's literally one of the pioneers of daily life vlogging and one of the people that got me inspired to do it in the first place. Um, you know, he just recently had his first kid. Uh, I think she's like three or four now. 
And so their life has changed, right? Like he's a dad now and, and he plays in a band. And so they used to tour and of course COVID happened. So couldn't go anywhere to vlog, couldn't go on tour and play music. Like just everything kind of like, you know, fucked his world up. Um, but anyway, the, 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 the random thing he needed to hear was that he's been having this struggle with YouTube. The algorithm is not working for him anymore. His channel's quote unquote dead. Um, all the, all this stuff and hearing his rant. And then the other video was his wife talking to him about all these things he's feeling and things he's been saying, of course, you know, off camera between the two of them, him trying to try these new things, trying to be someone he's not just trying to kind of fit in and keep the, 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 you know, the engine running. And I'm listening to all this and I'm going like, I obviously it's a different story, but I'm definitely feeling a lot of the same vibes. Like there's just been this up and down. We've been doing this for so long, that like, the hype is worn off for us, but also for our community and our content. And then it's like, you just kind of do this like skip, like uh, coasting, right? Like you, you, you went up to the stratosphere, now you're just gliding. And every once in a while you catch a little bit of a wind and you get pushed back up, but you're still kind of slowly falling, right? And it's one of those things where like, I love what I do. I love this world that I'm in. And I love this, this business I've created and I love my community. I'm reminded every day how awesome they are. But on a personal note, on a personal level, sometimes I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, where, where do I go from here? Like, you know, always forward, right? Hashtag always forward is, is, is a mantra that I live by. Friends of mine push me for, but it's like, I don't know what direction to go in. Which way is forward? Like, I'm at this crossroads and I'm like, do I keep going this way? Do I stop doing that? Back off a little bit, go back, go, go this way? Do I try something new? Like, I've tried some new things and failed miserably to the point where it hurt my channel, hurt my content, hurt my, I don't know, uh, image, reputation, whatever you want to call it. And so it's scary to like, make another decision that could make it worse, you know, and I'm at the point now where like, I can't really fuck up too much more or otherwise it all kind of comes apart, you know? I'll, before we, before I even address that, I have to say, I have said the wrong episode number for like the past, like four or five episodes because Paul, the show notes say we're one episode behind compared to the screen. So this is episode 40, not 39. And I completely and utterly blame Paul for not updating the show notes. I'm throwing them under the bus. So everyone knows it's not my fault. Uh, he's like probably sitting at his desk with his hand in his head right now. And he's stressed about tomorrow. Cause he has the, the raid day tailgate for destiny with Ben. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm just adding to his plate. If you just change it now, you'll never have to change it again. It'll just every week it'll update itself, Paul. I promise. I I, I just um, went in and changed it, so you know it's fine. Episode forty. <laughs> it was updated by an anonymous duck. Sleep, you know. I love how it says See, anonymous duck. Now he's using the kid not sleeping as an excuse. When she was first born, he was like, "No, she's wonderful and great." No, and no, 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 no. Now he she's, keeps saying, "She's sleeping. I'm not sleeping." Oh, I see. Well. You need to you need to you need to get on that that NyQuil Benadryl or other substance life then and start finding new ways to fall asleep right away like I did. Like the cough medicine I'm on just knock me the hell out. And then if you add like my medical uh, marijuana oil, good night. Uh, <laughs> six hours. Don't move. Um Back to what you said, Clint, is, yeah, I mean, I see it all over. I see it with everyone. I know uh, uh, everyone's tired. They they spent years giving it everything they got, and some of some people benefited from it greatly, and others, you know, made a living off of it. And there's a difference between dumping everything you have and making a living versus, like, hitting the jackpot. And I think that's the common misconception is, you know, there's folks that people think, quote, unquote, hit the jackpot, and they're not. They're probably just making that earning, you know, living wage similar to what you are. Um, and you burn out, you, 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 you hit a point where 
it's just difficult to keep going and you have to come up with other ways now to make money and all this stuff. And uh, I, I won't ever say I burnt out. I made a conscious decision that I knew the tides were turning and changing and things would not be in my favor in the future. I knew my style of content was not going to be something that I could monetize long term and continue to do on on, on that level. Um, I like floating in and out of rare drop stuff um and and doing that but you know i'm pretty busy like i'm operating multiple companies and trying to keep things afloat and then also and you know this making time for my family which i I have prioritized more in the past two years than i ever have in my entire career and i see the benefits from it with my kids and everything you know my phone goes off and I don't I don't answer people at night like I used to. I don't take meetings at eight o'clock because someone's on the West Coast. It's like I just don't do that anymore. And does it affect, you know, my income? Sure. But at the same time, you hit a point where it's like, is the money worth what I'm putting in? Um, And you have to balance that and find new ways to do it. So I I hear you, man, like your case of the Mondays. I I I hear you. Um, And it's 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 starting to become more prevalent. I also think the amount of people that are trying their hand at content creation and are, have achieved mild success affects people in that mid tier. I've said that a, a, a bunch of times. So, um, yeah, I see it. I, I see it at the top too. You see the burnout hitting with people like Pokimane just said she was going to take time off and, you know, uh, uh, it's just interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, even watching someone like Ninja who has a pretty set schedule and like when he's off, he's off, he's done. Uh, it's not like the old days where you, you're, you know, pulling subathons and 24 hour streams, you know, you're working your nine to five now yeah, uh, and, and making it happen. Just the industry has changed. The way people consume content has changed. Um, if, if it was more geared to like, like it used to be where I was doing my destiny dailies, playing eighties music and just vibing with chat for five hours at night. I'd probably still be doing it, but I saw the, the, the tides turning and shifting and I saw, you know, the, the, the focus more on the competitive side, the skill side and things like that. And, uh, if you didn't have that built in audience that could support at the level that you were at and to grow from there, you probably weren't going to see much growth. And I'm not saying you can't hop on vibe and hang out with 40 or 50 people. I'm saying if you got a f- three kids and a wife, you're not gonna be able to support them and do that. So Right. Nothing wrong with making it your hobby and having fun with it, but at the same time, like you know, you got to think about your life and and what's important. So I, I hear you one hundred percent. I think uh, I think just the world is is changed and the industry has changed and lockdown accelerated how many people were going to try their hand at content creation on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, on any any TikTok, every platform, and you know a lot of those people got a taste of success and then it kind of dropped off. And now, like you said, they keep waiting for that wind to blow them back up and then they just kind of slowly go back down and up and down and up and down. I hear you, man. I, I, I hear you. It's part of the reason that I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this much, especially the fluctuation in income. You know, this too is some months you just make bank and some months you're just like, fuck, I hope I saved enough from the month that I made bank. Cause like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and I, it's, it gets to be a lot, you know, I do like having, I do like having a salary, although, you know, I do the businesses, multiple businesses finances. So I am equally as worried as things go up and down and seasonal changes and all that fun stuff. But it is nice that my bank account 
every Friday, the same thing is in there, you know? So, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's been a ride, but I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's, I, I hear a lot of that from you and some of the folks I've known now for, you know, six, seven years. Yeah. I, I put a, I put a, I tweeted out last week. I was like, you know, some days, because inside the community, like in my little bubble, sometimes I'm like, I feel like hitting the reset button and starting from scratch because like, I've been doing this for so long that, you know, you look at my numbers and it's like, oh, 780,000 subscribers. That's amazing. You're almost onto a million. It's like, I've been doing that for 16 years. Like that's 16 years worth of subs and people subscribe to channels for particular content, right? Like when I was big into dirt bikes and kids watch my videos and they're, they want more of my kids when well, my kids aren't around anymore. So they're like, you know, they, they don't. So it's like one of those things where like, I, I wish I could hit the reset button and start from scratch, but I wholeheartedly believe that if today, if I hit the reset button and had to start from scratch, there is no way that I would be able to rebuild what I have today and get to the status, the, the, the numbers that I'm at today, because on paper, they look fantastic, right? 30,000 here, 50,000 there. 700,000 there, whatever. But those are so those are over the over a decade of of growth and ups and downs that I was just an early adopter, I was there early and got in early enough staked my claim, I never really popped off um, and, and hit that stratosphere, you know, like you said, uh, earlier, where, you know, I'm set, right? I just, I had a couple of good years, and I made yep. some investments and I was able to, you know, have fun and, and you know, we've moved a couple of times and, and we're settled in now and stuff. But like now I'm just kind of like that blue collar. I put my time in to pay the bills and, and I make a good living, but definitely not some like OMG. Like there's there's guys down the street that probably make more money than me doing some, you know, financial legal stuff, uh, you know, doctors yep. and stuff like that. Definitely make more, more money than me. But it's one of those things where I have the freedom to come and go as I please do what I want when I want. And if you really think about what I do, like, you know, it definitely is a dream. It's still a dream job for, for many people and, and myself included. Um, it's just this weird transitional part of our life where, you know, my kids are, are teenagers now in high school. My daughter is a senior in high school. And, you know, this is her last year doing all the things that she does in school. And the next year it's like, does she move out? Does she go to college? Does she stick around here and we just work? Like, we, you know, we don't know. Um, but it just, it, it, it's one of those like double-edged swords. Cause like now they're talking about college, right? They're talking about college. And so something that like I never pushed and therefore I never really prepared for. And so it's like, if she wants to go to college, absolutely going to help her, support her, take care of her, do, do whatever I can. So it's like one of those, like the jokes always like, oh, well, the kids move out, bills are free up. It's like, eh, not necessarily. They change. <laughs> they change. Exactly. Especially the first few years, they're going to keep coming to you for money. Right. You know, right. Hey, dad, the I need a new car. Hey, dad, yeah. I need this. Hey, dad, I need that. I, I had a savings account for my daughter, my oldest. Uh, I have savings accounts for all of them, but my oldest, I had an auto debit that every Friday it would debit X amount of dollars. And it, it came out to a pretty decent sum and still sitting there. But when she went to go buy a car, uh, she's like, can I, do you have any money for me? And I was like, yes, I do. But then her stepdad ended up giving her his old car because he wanted a new car. So it worked out and that money is still sitting there. So nice. and then I was like, I can pay for it because she's doing community college for two years just to like test Perfect. the wires. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, I was like, I can pay for community college if you want. And she's like, no, I'm going to pay for it myself. Cause she works like six days a week. That kid is, is unfortunately just like me. <laughs> uh, and you know, she waitresses at a job where it's $18 an hour plus tips. Damn. 
Yeah, but it's seasonal, so they're gonna they're gonna decrease in business soon. Um, but sh now she's going back to her old job at Pizza Hut, saying like, "Can I pick up some shifts there?" And then like the busy times from the other restaurant, and she's like, "Yeah, I should even out in the end." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> so she's paying for her own community college because she wants to." Oh yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So uh, well, it's it was, like it's it like my daughter. Her car, she she paid for her car. Like we, we, the deal was, we'd we'd match whatever she put down. If she wanted to buy a new car, whatever her down payment was, we'd match it. Um, or if she wanted to buy a car outright, uh, we you know we we split it. And that's basically what we did. We, a friend of mine was selling uh, his girlfriend fiance's little Honda Civic, and I'm like, oh, this is a perfect starter car. It had like 122,000 miles on it, but it's a Honda. It's like, let's go for it, right? Eight thousand dollars is what they gave it for to us for. And so uh, I think she paid thirty five hundred, and we paid the the, the other chunk. And, or no, the other way around. So she paid forty five hundred. We paid the other half just because she had her money from her YouTube channel that she's been sitting on for you know five years. And so uh, the deal was, we'll pay the insurance, but if you buy a new car, you're in charge of the car payment. That means that way you can choose how what kind of car you want, how much of a payment do you want. So when she found this car, when we found this car to pay outright, she's like, I don't have a car payment. I was like, smart girl, smart girl. She <laughs> yeah, knows. I'll, I will say uh, on my parents' side, they were like, yeah, we'll we'll pay for your car insurance until you get a new car. Because I got my car at 16, ah. like, going to high school and at college. I've, I've had my 2012 Toyota Corolla in, like, whatever that red is since I was 16. And so, you know, I'm sitting here going, ah, it's been, you know, 10 years. I should probably get a new car sometime soon. It's, it's starting to hit the, like, 110,000-mile stuff. Right. And then it's like, oh, we're going to tack on Florida car insurance, so let's not do that. <laughs> like yeah, well, that's uh, kind of the, the rule with, the, uh, with my kids. It's like, if you're living here, you know, as long as you're doing something and you're going to school, you're working, pursuing a career, pursuing an entrepreneurship, starting a business, whatever, you can live here rent-free. Um, if you're just kind of like chilling with life and just kind of like vibing, and like really 21, figure, you know, have a plan at 21. I don't say you have to have it all figured out. I Trust me, I'm a big component of like, take your 20s and fuck off, right? Like, totally cool with that. But have a plan. Get out of your system. Yeah, yeah, but have a plan. Like, tell me, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, what are you trying to do here? Like, what, you know, give me, give me some. I'll pay for your insurance. I'll pay for you know whatever. But when you move out, if you choose to, like, hey, at nineteen, I'm out. Like I did. I was out of my parents' house at nineteen. I think as a student, you can still give pay for their insurance till you're like they're like twenty one or something. But once they're no longer a student or twenty one, then they're hundred percent on their own. That's kind of the the general way we're kind of talking about doing things. Do you know what it was like to be 19 in the early 2000s and working 40 hours over three days because I worked weekends uh, and taking home? I think I made that year probably roughly 40 to 50K at 19. Damn. And going to school. Oh, I was I was loaded, loaded. I had so much money in my bank account because I worked for my uncle. And that's when I started doing event planning and catering and, and oh, things right, yeah. like that. Yeah, and I worked for my uncle, and um, I I I just made obnoxious amounts of money. Like I was, he was paying me twenty two dollars an hour at nineteen years old in the early two thousands. But I busted my ass. I worked forty hours from I, especially after nine eleven, because we got the city contract. Uh, we were doing. I was doing Friday mornings like really early through till Sunday afternoon, like sh almost straight, like breaks just to sleep. That was it. Um, and I, I just I made so much money that I went out and I bought myself a new Ford Focus. And I remember the guy was like, um, you know, uh, how much can you put down? And I was like, uh, I got like 11 grand. Does, does that? And he was like, you're going to put down 11 grand. And I was like, yeah, because it was like an eighteen, nineteen thousand dollar car. So my car payment was like 
I was financing like six or seven grand because my mom's like, don't finance the whole thing. It's good for your credit, but put down as much as you're comfortable with. Um, and I did. But she was also like, yeah, you can pay your own car insurance now, too, because you're probably making taking home more than I am. Uh, <laughs> and I lived at home. So I was like caking. And then when I turned 20. When did I move out? 22. I don't remember. I moved to Brooklyn um, and I kept, you know, then I was salaried which sucked. I should have kept my hourly because then they took advantage of me and kept me working yep. more hours. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, and that's, that's how my career's like catapulted was from there. And I just kept making more, but you know, the older I got, the more responsibilities I got by the time I was in my early thirties, I had just had Hunter and, uh, I was making like way into the nice six figures. I was miserable because I had to commute. I lived on long Island. I had a family now that I wanted to spend time with. It wasn't like the old days where you could, you know, wake up at 530 after you drank till one in the morning and you'd be fine. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, it didn't work anymore with the kids. So I, uh, uh, and I, I had my oldest, but obviously the time was split between me and her mom. So right. I had the liberty to still do my 20s and then be responsible, you know, when I needed to be responsible, um, which was kind of nice, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, 19 years old and making that kind of money in the early 2000s was just silly. I I think I supported like three or four of my friends. Like we'd go to Taco Bell and they'd be like, I don't have any money uh, and things like that. Or when I would, you know, I'd take time off of work to go like roadie for my friends' bands and stuff just so I could get get away and hop in a van and be, you know, and everyone's looking at me at McDonald's like, hey, money bags, you buying today? Like, <laughs> I'm here working for you and now you're asking me for money? No, you don't even pay me to do this. <laughs> So, yeah, and it, it, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, Kevin's because my stepdad very did very well. He had his own business. Uh, he sold he sold two businesses, one, one to Ford and one to Amex. I can't remember who. So he did very well. We had a nice house. One of the best backyards we've ever had. Uh, I've ever been in a home I lived in. I have a picture of it. It comes up every year as a memory. And it's like I remember the day we moved out. It was, I took the panoramic shot. It's like, I'm going to miss this place because I know I'm never going to have anything like this in my life. So we did like they did well. But my mom was very strict about like, we did well. You need to do well on your own. Like you can live here, but you need to figure your your stuff out and pay for yourself. And, you know, it got to the point where I moved to Brooklyn because she was like, I'm going to start charging you rent. Like you make too much money to not contribute and you eat too much to not contribute so i was like well i'm gonna move move out and then i found an apartment with my one of my old band buddies and lived in the and then the funny part was is i lived in like the nicest part of brooklyn too uh if, if you know brooklyn and you're listening 17th and 4th in park slope right where the r used to be i know the r doesn't run there anymore i was the first brownstone if you got came out of the subway right by i think the pizza place is gone too but that bodega on the corner uh, I was the first brownstone right around the corner, third floor walk up. Uh, uh, we we shared the top floor, uh, but it was a railroad. You know, have you ever been in a railroad apartment? Mm -mm. So I mean, I've seen my, movies and stuff, but my bedroom was was sandwiched. So it was his bedroom, and then the living, the dining room, was my two doors. So <sighs> when he got up in the morning to go to work, there was a door to the outside hallway that he would go through from his room, walk out in the hallway, open the front door to the apartment, and then go in the bathroom. Wow. So he didn't have to walk through my room. It was very, uh, I had no windows, too, because uh, I was sandwiched in the middle of the, the space. 
So I had no windows in my room. So it was like pitch black. I had to set like seven alarms because I would just fall back asleep. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun living on my own and seeing how high we could pile the dishes with two guys and playing chicken with uh, uh, washing them. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I moved out when I was 19 and uh, two roommates, brand new townhouse. They, they had moved in first and they were looking for a third roommate. And one guy basically furnished the whole thing. His parents had money and basically gave him everything. You're off to college. Have fun here. We'll furnish the whole apartment. So we, it was all his furniture. When we moved in. And of course he liked to le- leverage that on us. Like, you know, this is my couch, my TV. You know, if you're sitting there watching a movie, good luck. He just fucking grab the remote and be like, what are you gonna do about it? Get your own fucking TV. Like, okay, bud, relax. But yeah, it was one of those things where like, it was my first time on my own, do my own laundry. And they were definitely way more like of a slob than I was. So like to your point with the dishes and stuff, like, I don't mind like you know i'm in the, i'm in a hurry i'm doing something put the dishes in the sink i'll get to them later but nobody would get to them and they would start to pile up and you know and then it just at some so point i'm like i'm like i guess i'll put these away since somebody else is going to like uh, you know it, load the dishwasher guys and just hit the push a button you know it's not like we have to sit here and be like he he liked me as a roommate too because i would go back to long island on the weekends because that's where all my friends were Mm-hmm. So I'd end up sleeping at my my parents' house anyway because I wanted to see all my friends and hang out with my family and, you know, especially the weekends when I had my daughter because bringing her to Brooklyn was fun, but it was it was kind of a pain in the ass. So I would just most of the weekends would be at my mom's house. Um, plus, then I had a babysitter. Um, so uh, it, it, it. He liked it because then if I wasn't there, he could just, you know, the apartment was his and he was half the rent was covered. So he he. But I did, we the dishes was always like the point of contention with us. And then the similar the television, but I I'm the guy that brought all the video games in. So it was like his TV, his DVDs, my PlayStation, my Xbox, my Wii. Right. Uh, so um, you know, we we kind of shared. And then like probably a year into it, I realized I was probably taking the TV from him too much. So he'd come home and be like, Hey, you want the TV? I'll go in my room and watch and he'd say yes or no so like we 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 came to an understanding after a while but i know there was like especially when i first move in and having to coexist with someone for the first time like that i was probably a pain in the ass <laughs> i was that guy roommates after i moved yeah. out after, after that i was there for like eight months or something and uh um my wife and i that was our time to get our first like place we moved out i moved out with them and uh two of us got an apartment with another couple it was like one of those like split floor plans where like we each had our own bathroom and and you know bedroom on each side of the house and kitchen living room space in the middle and uh same thing like it was a good friend group we were like this is gonna be awesome this will be great and then after six months we we're kind of like i'm ready to get out of here like it, twice i moved in with like my best friend and it's like you don't realize little quirks about people and what would what actually irritates you and uh I, I've, t- I've told my kids too like so if you guys are getting serious with somebody don't commit anything legally until you move in with them and live with them for at least six months we're living with this person for this that, that long because like you need to know all the little quirks and stuff right i remember telling this to my brother he got engaged with his now wife but i was like dude get an apartment like live with her for at least six months to a year get, you know before you commit to anything because what if she's got some weird fucking things and you're just like i can't do this i can't do this <laughs> like don't go buy a house and move in and then find out you know what i'm saying yeah uh, uh, kevin got to see my uh, experience with that uh, firsthand again my second experience right. with it really nate <laughs> like oh yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, we worked together too so that was an interesting experience love him to death yeah. still do still like you know just sometimes you're like oh god 
I love yeah, you, yeah. but I need you to be like there, not yes, right yes. here. <laughs> and the other problem is when you work, you get no break. Yep. Because like they're there when you're working, and then because my my buddy lived with me for a little bit when I was still at my mom's, and uh, he would work with me, so we'd drive into the city together, we'd drive home together, and then like he'd be there, and we wouldn't have you you didn't have time. You know, you couldn't just eat a meal by yourself. You couldn't even go. Like, I couldn't go to Taco Bell by myself because I had to ask him, like, do you want to get Taco Bell? You know, do you want to get Applebee's? Do you want to go get a beer? So it becomes it becomes that thing where you feel bad, like having time to yourself, even playing video games. That was actually the one thing that got me away from him was he wasn't as interested in video games as I was because he was like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And I was like RPG sports game guy. So it was a uh, 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 interesting time, if you will. Um, I remember too, cause I started playing Morrowind when he was there and, uh, he was like, what, what the hell is this game? And, uh, you know, oh, it's Morrowind, you know, it's some new RPGs, open world is wild. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then he'd go off and like draw or write or something like that. And that was the only separation we had for a while. And it was, uh, I, I, we still keep in touch. We're not good friends anymore, but I think that was what soured us on each other a little bit was being like in constant contact um mm -hmm. i i think so. having a, tim there with date and i like kind of had like that buffers you had this th three person instead of just like one of us going at each other's throats it was always like the third person would pick up the slack and whatever was like missing in you know like the dishes or cleaning the house and so you kind of have this you know almost perpetual cycle of somebody's going to miss something because you're human beings yeah. and you're like in your early 20s like somebody's going to miss something and the other person who's actually like semi self-aware at the moment for like the 15 minutes that it happens in your 20s like you're like ah oh, yeah i gotta go do the dishes you know so yeah it worked out fine yeah it's it's uh it's an experience thankfully now i'm i'm i have my roommate for life so i'm good and i'm probably more the problem there than than anything she does so I, I saw a thing the other day that was like, uh, don't let your wife be your mom, like picking up after you and like, oh. you know, cleaning your shit and doing your laundry and all that stuff. Like you have to help. And I was like, I showed her, I was like, dude, is this? And she's like, well, I do everyone's laundry, but you do a lot too. So, you know, like I drive the kids to school. I empty the dishwasher in the morning, like all that stuff. I take the garbage out. I walk the dog. Um, so it, I think I think we even ourselves out, but she probably does do more because she also works from home. Right. So um, it's again, like you said, maybe that living together first uh, should be mandatory in some situations. The divorce rate would probably drop. Absolutely, absolutely. Funny you mentioned that uh, about the being the the mom and everything. Um, you know, so for the last seven years, my wife hasn't had to work. Thankfully, going back to business and, and something like that been well enough that when I quit my job six months later, she quit her job and hasn't had to go back since, which gave her the last seven years with the kids, right? And now fast forward to today, one's a senior, one's a sophomore, very self-sufficient, reliant, you know, one's got the car. And then next year, even if she does, even if she does move out, Bryce will be 16 and, and, you know, will either be driving my vehicle or be looking to get his own as well. Um, well, because of like more free time, less of, you know, less need of the kids, Tiffany started kind of like 
you know, and I, I've been talking to her about it for a couple of years. I'm like, you know, you should really think about what you want to do once the kids are gone, once you're no longer right. needed as a mom, right? Like it's a different between want to be a mom and, and still doing things for your kids, but like the need is no longer there. Um, and you get all the time, like, go, you know, go to school, try some things, try, go to go get a job. And if you hate it, fucking quit, like whatever. Right. Um, but now, so now today, she, you know, the kids were getting ready back, back in school. And even in the summer, even summertime, she's like, oh, summertime, we'll be doing things with the kids. Kids are like, we're out. We're, I'm doing, we're doing our own thing. One's working right. and they were playing volleyball and basketball over the summer that never really stopped. So she's like, all right, I think I'm going to, I think I need, I need to like find something. I was like, whatever you want to do, I'm hundred percent supportive. And, um, she started looking at like DoorDash, Instacart, you know, those things. Cause her biggest fear, honestly, of all else, her two biggest fears were one, the interview process. Cause she hasn't interviewed in over 20 years. Right. Because brutal. Her, her first job she, you know, 16 was a bagger at, at, at a grocery store and then she quit to do volleyball. And then when she came back to go to work, my mom hired her at the Mexican restaurant and then she worked there for 15 years. <laughs> so she never interviewed outside that first time. Right. And even the interview was with my mom. So it was like, Oh, Hey, hi, yeah, yeah. This is what you're going to do. Just fill this out. You're good. Like, you know, no interview. So that was her first thing. And the second thing is she want to get a job and then like be tied down on nights and weekends and miss the small time that she does get with the kids. Right. So when she looked into like Instacart and DoorDash and she realized, oh, I just have to fill this form out on the app. It's a background check. And then like literally an hour later, like, ding, have fun. Here's what you have to do. Here's how it works. Here's how the app works. And yeah. she could, she DoorDash like that night. She'd like just tried it out. I was like, okay, I pick up the stuff and I do this and it tells me where to go. And she's, she's like, hey, come with me. So I kind of like, you know, know what I'm doing. And she did the DoorDash and she's like, okay, I can, I see, I can do this in a little stint. So she'd run an errand and then she'd pick up DoorDash and come back the direction towards home and she'd make like you know 10 bucks here 20 bucks there she's like oh cool i got you know lunch money now or i got you know which one of those things and then she tried the instacart and she was like oh my god i love this i actually get to grocery shop for other people and she's like i love this so she goes a shopping cart and she does she does instacart and it I'd went from like it too. She, she went from like doing it like a couple times here and there between errands and like you know she'd go to the gym and then she'd shower and she's like, i'm gonna run i'm gonna run to the store but while i'm away i'm gonna pick up a few things on the way now she's like up and at it, she's scheduling herself. She's like, I'm out. It's like, I'm like, it's 7 a.m. She's like, yeah, yeah I, got, I, got a, I got a batch already set up for blah, blah, blah. And it's like 50 bucks. I'm like, holy shit. She's like, I'll be back in like two hours. And she comes back she, and so she's doing the math and she's figuring out what she's making. So she's like all in on this, right? And she's loving it. She's been doing it for a couple months now and, she, you know, picks and chooses her hours. Sometimes she does a full eight hour shift. Sometimes she just does like two hours in the morning and she's done. But anyway, because she's doing this now, we have had to make adjustments because mom's not around anymore to literally do everything for us because it went to the point where like we had this you know this great partnership where it was like i'll work and take care of money and make sure there's money in the bank and you be mom her dream job was to be a mom when we were in high school we want to be when you grow up i don't want to be this I want to be that. she's like i just want to be a mom i just want to have kids and that's i think why we started so young because we both had that locked in as soon as i graduated college we bought a house and got married let's have, start having kids right and so when i was able to quit my job. And then she was able to quit her job. I literally gave her her dream job. And so we, I don't want to say we took advantage of it, but that's just literally what she did. She just did everything. She did everything. And so now she's doing, I mean, she's still trying to do everything, but I, I see it on her face. And she's like, I'm like, don't burn yourself out. Like relax. Like you could, t you could ease up a yeah. little bit. I know you, she's very like, she's a hustler. She's, she's into it. When she does something, she goes all in. So it's like, she's doing a really good job. She's getting these reviews and ratings and she gets extra tips. And she's like, seeing the fruits of her labor so she comes home and she gets bummed out because she can't do this or because she can't do that or no one did this and this is still sitting there and i'm like all right look we need to have a little family meeting here mom is now doing this new thing 
She's not around to do all these other things. We need to pick up the slack. But really, we need to start doing what we should have always been doing. You guys got it made that mom was home doing all these things, and you haven't had to think about it. And I'm guilty of it too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fully admitting that I let her just do everything. And so now, like you said, like you know, I'll, I'll go wake up and I'll, I'll pop the dishwasher open. I'm like, it's clean. Okay, cool. I'll unload that, or you know, uh, you know, I'll check check the washer dryer. Does clothes need to be pulled out, or this and that? I'm like, hey kids, uh, check this and that. You know, like trying to like just do these things without her having to ask for it or do it. Cause it's, it's just been this big dramatic change. And I've had a reminder too. I'm like, this isn't just a change for you. It's a change for all of us. All four of us are going through this transition and we're all happy for you. We're supportive of you. We're not complaining, but you need to be more like, Hey, can you do this for me? Don't, don't be afraid to ask. Cause that's the thing. The first couple of weeks, she was like trying to do it all. And she had a couple of times she broke down. I'm like, babe, like you don't need to do all this. Like you've got three basically adults in the house. Like we can do this stuff, you know? My wife is uh, uh, similar in the sense that she tries to do it all. And then by like eight o'clock, she's like, I'm burnt out. Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. Um, and I try to, I try to get, you know, her to, uh, cause part of the reason we moved down here was, you know, my in-laws were like, we'll help, we'll help, we'll help. And, um, you know, her mom is very busy, like with her own stuff and she's just enjoying her life. Like I get it. Like, at her age she should enjoy her life you worked um but then you know it becomes frustrating when she's like oh i have an appointment to do my hair i can't pick up you know the kids today and then my wife that's like an hour and a half of my wife's day now that she's going to pick the two kids up from school right so it's just little stuff like that that she gets irritated by and burnt out and all that stuff and then at the end of the day because when we were in lockdown i cooked dinner every night i was like having the time of my life cooking dinner and now I'm not there. I don't get home till like five 30 and dinner's kind of got to be ready before that. So I rarely cook dinner on the weekdays. Um, you know, and then on the weekends we always try and go out one night and then I'll cook the rest of the weekend or smoke something or whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we are, we, regardless of what time we get up in the morning to like work out or do whatever, we are pretty exhausted by like nine 15 collectively. Mm -hmm. Um, my oldest daughter last night we were watching lord of the rings and we finished like the battle of pelinor fields and i'm like that's a good place to stop she's like finish the movie dad and i'm like no i am going to bed like <laughs> i'm exhausted I'll pick it up tomorrow and finish it and then you know we'll watch something new on friday uh friday night because my mom's coming to town too um and she's like you're getting so old da 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 and I'm like, you're the one who's always telling me that I'm young and to stop saying I'm old. She's like, I know, I'm messing with you. <laughs> it was a whole thing last night. But like, yeah, we get exhausted uh, so early now. Um, and then on the weekends, it's like a gift because you're like, all right, I know I can sleep to like 7, 7.30 tomorrow. Right. Children allowing. Because Hunter knows at this point, even if he gets up at 7, to go straight to the television and turn it on and watch Pokemon, do not come in my room. Um, and the other one, we converted her from the crib to the bed. But she, she's for some reason still thinks she can't get out of her room. <laughs> like she just figured out I can get out of bed and play with my toys in my room and read books and stuff like that. But for some reason, she thinks she can't get out of her room. All she's going to do is open the door handle and she's out. Right. But we're not going to tell her. Yeah. yeah. Let that go as long as possible. Yeah. Because she'll talk and she'll sing and stuff like that. And that's fine because I can still lay in bed and listen to all that. But she doesn't know she can like leave and go torture her brother or jump into our bed so right. like on the on the on friday and saturday night i'll stay up till like midnight because as if i can because you know it's it's cool it's working um 
but uh yeah i'm just that's, i'm wiped that's, lately wiped. yeah that's one of the that's one of the things too uh you know so she so she's 40 she just turned 40 this this summer and she worked when so her, her job for for those 15 years like i said well not all full 15 but for the majority of those she was a server she was a server at a restaurant on her feet and she was good at it she that's what she did and when she was pregnant with our kids she worked literally to the day the kids were born both kids um when my daughter was born i remember she worked and then we were at her uh, brother's house playing poker and I, there's still a photo of her big ass belly in her work uniform sitting at the table with her brother we were playing poker um and then the daughter was born that night and then my son she was at work when she started having contractions and her parents picked her up and took her to the hospital while i took sierra to uh sister's house and so she worked the entire time so fast forward now today she's on her feet and doing her thing all day now and yeah she gets home and she's just like oh my god like and she's already been like a early bird like she goes to bed you know eight nine o'clock and she's up at like five six naturally like that's her cycle right whereas i'm the opposite like i'm up till midnight but i want to sleep in till you know seven eight nine o'clock depending on how late i stay up the night before um so we've always been off, off schedule she needs way more sleep than i do she needs like you know eight nine hours of sleep i'm good with five or six most of the time though i do feel like i'm starting to creep where i need a little bit more than than that so i'm getting in that six seven hour range now but that's been yes. a big change too six is my minimum anything less than six and like no one's gonna like me the next day <laughs> that's it so if i'm getting up at 4 45 have to be in bed by 9 45 the absolute latest because yeah. it's and i know it's seven hours but the reason being is some nights it takes me half an hour 40 minutes to just calm down and, and get to that point so i always give myself an hour buffer um you know just to to make sure that i'm i'm there um yeah it's uh my wife was she was commuting less than a week before she had hunter on the subway to work and then and he was born late so she worked like right up into it uh mm -hmm. and then there's a picture i actually just asked her for it to see if she can find it so i can show you of her at her desk at her at the old architecture office in new york city and he's in her lap like right here sleeping and she has him in like this little harness thing and she's just like this on her computer like typing away while this little kid like she was a <laughs> She was a superstar, but she wanted to go back to work. Like she didn't want to not work. She loves what she does. Mm -hmm. So she wanted, like if, if, if we won the mega millions today, she wouldn't quit her job. She'd keep working. I would, I would be like, Ben, Tim, it's been real. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> I'd pro I would probably step back and just finance company operations and stay on the board or something, but I would, yeah. I would not stay as ceo and people are like, but why and it's like because it grates on your soul after a while that's why um but yeah so uh, uh um she loves what she does and and that's important and don't get me wrong i love what i do but the business side of stuff has just been it's it's brutal especially through covid and all that stuff it's been it's been not the most fun so you know i i'm not a content creator i know you guys think we have this like gaming agency and we're like you know i'm like playing games all day no i never get to play video games at work i'm i have spreadsheets open on my monitor right now um i have decks for gcx for next year decks for new clients decks for current clients reviewing stuff for uh consulting work that we do and all that stuff I, it's not this like fun like Oh, play the new God of War and tell everyone how it is. No, I, I it's. You can anyway. also say that the podcasts aren't always fun. 
in the middle of all of that because you have to get all your actual work done. So when you're like, oh, I'm going right. to go record, like people don't always understand like workflow when you do content for work. I'll be sometimes when I like, I'll tell Clintus and Mike last minute, like I can't do it today. Like I'm, I'm, I have a deadline. I'm in a groove, something. There's a reason I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and I'm one of those bosses that has that social responsibility. Like everyone in the office needs to eat alongside me. Um, I get severe anxiety when I need to let someone go or fire them because it's like, what's going to happen to them? Are they going to be okay? Are they going to land on their feet? Uh, so, you know, if I know that my taking off from doing Star Wars and Scotch or Old Fashioned is going to result in, you know, us being having more money to do more with them, then, yeah, I'll take that time and do it. So it's uh, back to sleep. Um you know, and even that, and the funny thing about sleep too is before I, I got my medical marijuana card, I slept terribly. I would wake up at 2 a.m. with thoughts about rare job or GCX, and just it would consume me. And then I'd, all of a sudden it's 4:45 and my alarm's going off. Now it's like, take the stuff, brain turns off. Good night. See you in six hours. Rise and shine. Um, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm a, I'm also my 20s i was in really good shape but i was you know drinking constantly and doing that stuff 30 i kind of half half asked that between being a dad and still enjoying life and and stuff like that approaching 40 and then hitting 40 now like i'm probably the healthiest i've ever been ever ever exercise food you know my drinking is is like literally relegated to the weekends when I'm hanging out with my wife or going out with my wife and some weekends it just doesn't even happen. So I'm pro and, and a lot of you who's followed my career know that that's a switch because like you would see me on the jam every Wednesday, just pounding drinks. Uh, and, and that's changed since then. Like I'm, I'm just not that guy anymore. You know, I just, I can't live that life and, and keep up. So I feel like, I've made all these changes. I'm much healthier. I probably feel better than I ever have, but I'm starting to feel like age creeping in in some areas. Like I have tennis elbow. What does that mean? <laughs> I have to go take joint vitamins now. Six a day. Six of these little freaking pills a day before you eat, which means you can't take it with the rest of the vitamins you have to take because those you have to take after you eat. <laughs> these you have to take before you eat. And I will say my elbow feels a lot better since I started the regiment. But like I, I went to the gym and I walked in there like, oh, you know, shorts and a T-shirt. Now I'm like neoprene sleeve on this arm, leg brace, uh, braces on my knees. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to look like all the other old guys at the gym who have all the paraphernalia to, to keep their bodies together while they're doing it. Um, and then, you know, just little stuff like that. And, and the, the decision to shave my head. Just like you are fighting a losing battle with hair loss. And unless you want to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to maybe have a shot at combating that, it's not a guarantee. That's a huge maybe. Unless you got tens of thousands, they start doing transplant stuff. Just shave your damn head. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, please, God, don't have any weird bumps. Please do not have any weird bumps. Uh, and then, you know, thankfully, I don't. I got a nice actually. I was going to ask you about that. Dome. Just because that was a topic of conversation recently, when I when I shaved off the or buzzed off the blue, mm -hmm. 
do you have any did did you have any like weird wrinkles or or, or extra skin when you first nope. did it no okay nope. no my, I heard... my my head was just discolored i had to like tan it and and then <laughs> it was fine because i've heard some people like like when they have hair there's extra skin and then when they get rid of the hair it kind of like smooths out a little bit because like that's one of the reason why my wife doesn't like me to buzz mine like i've never i've never gone down to the skin like that but like you know i'll do a one down here and when i used to buzz it i would just do a one on the whole thing you know the shortest one of the shortest things and she's always complained that i have like this like sharpay looking you know wrinkle in the, in the on the top of my head the back of my head and uh so that's why she never she never wants me to do it and i was like well maybe if i did it it would go away so i don't know so that, oh here that, you go Clint yeah, yeah go i got the picture for you um 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 ping where'd you go ping can i drop i can't drop pictures in here can i no you can screen share though. You can screen share the window. Uh, all right, hold on. Let me move it over here. <laughs> this is great for the audio people, right? Right. Yeah. Love. Just sitting here and twiddling. Th <laughs> I mean, like I could just talk over it while this is going on to make sure there's something, you know, in the dead space. But nobody wants That's to hear me do that. You know. Well, well, I'll do news oh, while wow. you're doing this. <laughs> you know. Go ahead, Paul. You can read the news. Um. So fun news from this week because we're gonna start wrapping up here. Uh, at about 45 minutes of an episode. It's a great time. Um, there's a Steam bundle that contains over 5,000 bees. Um, if you've never played it, the game is literally called I Commissioned Some Bees. One, two, three, mm -hmm. four, and now five. Um, and you have to ask, what, 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 what is this game about? And it's actually a very, very simple answer. It's the uh, game developer and creator was like, I just want to make a hidden object game, so I commission artists to hide bees in a fantasy world as many as they can fit and so it ends up being you know a thousand plus bees in this video game that you literally are just playing where's waldo except it's with bees thousands of them so if you have a fear of bees please don't do this it just it don't you know, it's not worth it but if you enjoy finding games uh it's in a steam bundle now i actually haven't checked how much it is so i, I should probably do that but it's cute um one more piece of fun news before we get into one that I kind of want to talk about for two minutes just because business conversation is fun. Um, we officially have beaten the uh, old record for Guinness World Record of the longest rugby game ever played. Um, oh, thank God. I was very worried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At, uh, 34 hours of a beach rugby game. Um, a rugby club in England uh, broke the world record when they took to a beach and played a game of touch rugby uh, that lasted for 34 hours and six seconds just interesting i didn't know you could play rugby for that long like i also like you got to be superhuman to have that level of of physical stamina like you can go to the gym for only so long like how do you play how, like people do marathons like that are like what eight hours long how do you how do you rugby for 34 hours please anyway you know kevin we're getting old right I see yes i mean like, I, I have to include myself in that one you are technically getting old that's true um and finally this is the one that kind of wanted to talk about real quick just because it's interesting to me um, and I think it'll be an interesting conversation for about five minutes. PlayStation is being hit with a 5.9 billion dollar lawsuit for quote-unquote ripping people off on digital games. Uh, a consumer rights advocacy group is suing Sony for charging a 30% commission fee on all digital purchases made through the UK PlayStation Store. Uh, and this functionality is a class action lawsuit that seeks to distribute the billions of dollars to the players who have used the PlayStation UK Store since August 2016. That's a little bit of a, uh, mm. uh, 
what would you call this? This they're reaching for a precedent here. <laughs> That's really what they're doing. So what what do we think? This. Well, I I mean, I, so I, I read that and I was like, so this is just in the UK though, right? It looks like it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, I, because, because one of the big topics in our world, right, with streaming games and playing games is like games really haven't gone up in price, you know, ever really in the last however many years. You know, you so eight AAA games are 60. If anything, I would say games have gotten cheaper, right? Because you get a lot more games now that are less than $60. And then there's the whole free type of game like the you know the battle royals and stuff like that where it's free to play but then they in you know there's cosmetics and skins and the battle pass that became the new the new way and it's like i i honestly think if, if tomorrow they said hey in 2023 game prices are going to go up either a dollar amount but let's say it's from 60 dollars to 65 or 60 to 70 really i mean you know let's just be real um and that became the new norm like people complain be like oh what the hell but then if you look at like statistics data it's like well it's been like that forever the the part that always gets me is i always feel like a digital copy should be cheaper than the physical copy because they're not having to pay for the physical manufacturing of the case the 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 label the the you know the cd the dvd the device the kind of thing like all of that stuff and then, then the shipping and it's so much cheaper for a digital like I feel like it's a backwards that they're, they're charging the 30% on the digital purchases versus. So I don't know if that's because it's a licensing thing. Like it's a, it's a technological thing where they're being charged more kind of like credit cards, right? Like there's a percentage that every time you swipe your credit card at a business, they have to pay a fee to visa, mastercard, whatever um, square if they're using one of those services. And so that's why there, you see like, especially now with gas stations, you see a cheaper price for gas. If you pay for cash with cash or debit versus if you use credit, right? Because they're trying to like pass those savings on to you, incentivize you to pay less of those fees. So I don't know. I, I, it, it's interesting that they would charge on the digital side. I, I'm curious to read this article and, uh, and so kind of it, understand why. context, before Kevin goes, um, if you kind of dive into the article, they specifically highlight that it's basically a mirror of what happened with Apple versus Epic Games, except it's happening in the UK. It's oh. almost this like charging 30% of a commission on a sale as if somebody else has taken that cut. Right. So it's more about like the cut and the antitrust violation stuff. It's just happening in the UK, but it like, it never really been on a publisher before. Yeah. Like, like Apple's like a middleman, like in regards mm -hmm. to Epic and publishing, but like you're going after the actual publisher for the 30% commission of whatever. It yeah. Is, which is the interesting part. That is interesting. Yeah, that's something that I that I have to, I have to remind people all the time when they ask why it's more expensive to like sub on Twitch via app. It's like, well, because when you do that, Apple or Google are taking thirty percent of the fee. So Twitch is just saying, hey, we still need our normal fifty percent cut or thirty percent cut, depending on where you're at. Uh, so we're going to charge you more to make sure they get their money. We still get our money. Sorry. Uh, I remember when EA had a class action suit over NCAA football and Madden because of restriction, something along the lines of restricting other companies to make it because their exclusivity deal, blah, 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 and the, uh, the quality of the product decreased, whatever. Anyway, because I had bought every edition of those every year, uh, I ended up getting a check for six or $700 in the mail uh, from that class action suit, and, and I bought a PlayStation 4. 
that's my story on class action suits. So if you can get it and you can get it from these companies who got this money just like lying around as, you know, just go for it. I don't care. Like sue them. They deserve it anyway. Uh, have fun. I don't care. Like in this one, sure. <laughs> digital per uh, digital surcharges and whatnot. It's it's all bullshit. Like you said, the manufacturing is cheaper. All they're doing is uploading it and then hitting a button. Uh, so, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Because we'll see. We'll see. I'm interested. Anyways, that's it. Kevin, you want to take us out? Uh, well, I was going to touch on Gamescom, like oh, not caring. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the fact that we got this far without talking about Gamescom is kind of <laughs> indicative of like, you know. I've seen a few trailers that I'm like, oh, like the Dune game, although it's a survival yeah. game. It'll probably be up Clintus's alley more than mine. But it's an open world survival um, MMO. Right. I just I just worry about, you know, Arrakis isn't exactly the most lively planet in the world. <laughs> It's kind of empty with spice mining and huge sandworms. So I'd be interested to see what they're going to do it. Right. Yeah, I didn't know it was a survival game. That's cool. I saw the trailer. That was the one I, I saw the trailer because I was like, oh, okay. Honestly, at first, when I first saw it before reading anything else, I thought it was like maybe a trailer to the new movie. It's like, oh, cool. Already teasing it. I'm like, oh, it's a game. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, with I, when I do these um, these game conferences, I kind of just wait till it's all done and then I read the like, the highlights these are the things they announced these are people are hyped about these were kind of lackluster i don't really necessarily need to watch it live um the game awards i tried doing that one time and i was like i don't know any of these games that are being nominated i've, I, I've heard of them i've heard names i've heard people, my friends talk about them on twitter you know mutuals and stuff like that but like so that it's meaningless to me to be like yeah they won game of the year or best blah 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 because I, I don't know these games i have no investment in them so I just kind of wait and see. I, I'm excited about hearing about new stuff. You know, people always ask me all the time, like, oh, what are you excited about coming out this year? And I'm like, nothing. The, the the new update to this game, like, you know, Destiny just came out with, with they just announced their uh, reveal of, of uh, the next expansion, which looks awesome. I'm super stoked. I'm definitely 100% looking forward to February now. Um, but I mean, really, as of right now, the only games that are on my radar that I'm actually like looking forward to is Starfield, which was delayed till next year. Um, the new Destiny DLC, and then um, I mean, supposedly, technically, Tarkov is supposed to hit 1.0 here soon and drop the big map and the big changes and everything. So that would be. But those are all updates the games already play. It's not like new games. I can't right. really think of too many new games that are that I know about that I'm excited about. Um, but this will be a conversation for another episode. But I'm I'm in this weird transition with video games right now. Like I've been thinking a lot lately about the games I play, the games I stream, and uh, going back to content again content creation is like the direction I'm, that i'm taking my channels and stuff so gamescon like i i it, i like i asked them i asked the guys when we first started the stream uh the warm up the podcast i was like is this still going on is gamescon still going on like i don't i have no yeah, idea no, no one i know i mean i see like industry folks especially on linkedin actually more than anything i see folks talking about gamescon but no one i know really paid attention this year and maybe it's because i'm on social media a lot less than i used to be to like no, the I, opening I, I, show I, with i'm on it, it there's just nothing it's like yeah a... with jeff Keeley's opening show and stuff so again industry shift in my opinion like we care less about these marketing events because you got to admit over the years don't you feel like you're being sold something more than you're getting you know being getting excited and how many times have we been sold something that didn't pan out and i think that's where we're that's where we're getting and not as streamers as gamers 
that's where we're getting fatigued. Like, don't sell me the glitzy glamour bullshit trailer. Like, show me the game. Show me what's in it. Show me how it plays. Show me the UI. I want to understand what I'm going to be doing. And I think that's why people don't care about trailers right now is because for the past 15 years, trailers have sold video games and now they've had so many snafus with game releases, especially games of service and live service games that it's not working anymore. And people are now ripping it like apart. Like, oh, trailer looks nice. Now I want to see gameplay. Um, you know, Gotham Knights trailers look great, but the gameplay, I will admit, it does look a little like clunky. It looks a little like previous gen. So I'm interested. Games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it and play it because it's Batman. But um, you know, how many people are not because of the way it, it, it looks? So just little stuff like that. I just, I think. I think smaller shows like GCX and some of the smaller gaming shows are going to do much better in the future than a lot of the bigger ones um, because the pomp and circumstance is kind of dying out when it comes to marketing cycles. And I've, I've heard it firsthand from folks when we talk about GCX. So we'll see, uh, we'll the, see how that pans out. My later. only reference to this is they have keep showing gameplay for um, the new Wukong game that's done in Unreal 5. I don't know what's it called. Uh, Black something but basically it's it's a full end-to-end open-ish world first person like journey of journey to the west like playing as wukong um mm-hmm. and and that's the only game that i've been excited for like the last like new game quote unquote in the last like you know six months just because everything else feels like a reskin at some level you know so yeah and you're not wrong you know you're you're, you're on the money one thing before we go, piece of news. Uh, EA had another snafu where in India, when they posted uh, the pre-order for FIFA 23 on Epic Game Store, they posted it f- for 4.8 rupees, which comes out to about six cents in USD. Uh, and all the people that rushed to pre-order it at that price, they're actually going to honor that price because they messed up. So good on you, EA, for following right on. through on your mistake. But uh, it is called the biggest misprice in digital gaming history. Uh, so I we couldn't skip over that. But thank you so much for tuning in to episode 40 of the Old Fashioned Podcast. Make sure you check out Clintus everywhere on the internet, YouTube and Twitch especially, uh, uh, and you're following everything he does. Everything I do is on Rare Drop. You can follow me, Kevin X Vision, on Twitter or KMagic101 on Instagram. I really got to change that. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, come back, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, YouTube is great. And um, iTunes and Google, everywhere you listen. The more you rate, the more you review. And if you subscribe, it helps us out immensely. You all have a great one. We'll see you next week for episode 41 of the Old Fashioned Podcast.